Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Lord, open the scrolls. Break the seals and open it. Teach us what man cannot teach us. Deliver into our hands fresh bread from heaven. Fresh manna, the hidden manna. Feed us with the hidden manna, which is in the pots in the Ark of the Covenant. Lord, our hearts are thirsty for you. Fill us up so we want no more. We want to overflow. Thank you. As your word is taught, heal the sick. Deliver the captives. Save the lost. Convict the sinning. Bring encouragement to the despondent. Let your people be edified so that your name be glorified. Let miracles be discharged here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our month of faith and power, the scripture is Acts chapter 6. Acts, Acts, verse 8. Acts chapter 6, verse 8, it says that, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles amongst the people. Let's all read it together. All right, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's all read it together. Let's go. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. One more time. It doesn't matter your translation. Let's all read it out louder. Let's go. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. What was he full of? So when you are full of faith and power, not in the bush, people will see it. You'll be in them. They will see the things that God is doing through your life. Someone shout amen. Amen. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles. That should be, that will be your testimony. But, but there is something that caught my attention. If you're traveling, you move from point A to point B, your destination. I want to announce to you that your location is not your destination. I said you'll be great, you'll be lifted. It shall be. So where you are going is greatness. Is elevation and well-being. If any of these three are lacking, that means you have not yet gotten there at all. All right? Now, there's a young man called Joseph. His father loved him. And God showed him that you'll be great, you'll be lifted, it shall be well with you. But before that happens, God will have to prepare you. Greater awakening. 
greater awakening. Greater awakening. It only remains a cliche until certain buttons have been pressed. I discovered praising God is a mystery. You praise him, things happen. Prayer is a mystery. You pray, things happen. Okay. That what I'm about to teach is one of the mysteries that has been marginalized in the church for so long. And not just that. God showed me the major route to revival. Prayer, evangelism. But this one, many people don't realize that without that, you can't have revival. That is what Stephen had. He was full of faith and power. So things were happening. He had something that most of the time, when we read the Bible, we miss it. Jesus had it. Because Jesus had it, what God sent him to do was fulfilled to the maximum. If you lack it, it's like, it's like financial prosperity. I just heard something in the scripture. I think um, um, Proverbs 21 verse 17 or so. Proverbs 21. It talks about how... Um, um, one of you just open quickly. No, you don't, everybody don't have it. It's not part of my text, but I just, I just stumbled across it when I was listening to a message and um, the man of God quoted it. it. It just blessed me. It's very interesting. Anyone open it? Proverbs chapter, chapter 21 uh, verse 17. Just quickly, read it out loud. Anyhow. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. Hey, listen to that. Please, read it again. <laughs> he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. Don't read it for your Bible. Please listen to him. Just close your Bible. Listen. Read it again. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. So, Bible is saying this. So if you are giving, you are sowing. Okay, you are doing overtime and you are sowing. But you love pleasure. Bible says you will be poor. There are many people who are sowing and giving, but they are not working. How can you be prosperous? You will remain a poor person. I can't find a job is, is the worst excuse a person who is supposed to be intelligent can say. You can't be jobless for a year or two. Listen, it is not nice if the government is taking care of you. It's not good. You are too intelligent for a system to be feeding you. I know you, you, you don't have to clap, but just get it. Watch this. If for a season, for a month, two, three months, six months or something, depending, that's okay. You can't be a Christian and coming to church and you have been de- unless you are Severely unhealthy. That's a difference. You are healthy. You can walk. You can jump. And your brains are okay. And no mental health challenge, at least the normal one. And you 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 don't want to work. You are an insult or redemption. You are an offense to the teaching of prosperity. And every time I'm paying my time, I'm giving, I'm giving. Keep that money. Get a job. And now you can't be prosperous. But then later on they say, oh, I gave and gave. God didn't do anything. How would he do it? There are systems. So, so, so if you meet one, if you meet one and leave the other, it won't work. You've gone to marry this beautiful woman 
is good, somebody you love, but the way you are treating her is. <laughs> she said, "It's it's it's it's, well, it's eroding her beauty." <laughs> They are systems. Say systems. That God has put in place. You are always lying and cheating and changing figures at workplace and you are believing for prosperity. How can God prosper you? How can you go to work at 8, you, uh, you go to get to work at 9.30, you sign in for 9. You leave at 4, you sign in at 5, for 5. And you are believing God for supernatural promotion. You see what people do? So, we want, sir, God told me we want a revival in this nation. And yet, you are upset with a lot of people. Stop, you are joking. You are joking. Every utterance you make is against these people. It's against these politicians. It's against these people. They are bad people. This country, that's why I don't like this country. God will never use you for revival in this nation. I'm going to say, I told Pastor Charles, I whispered to him, I said, today's message is going to be so strong. It's not because I want to be, even me, I was afraid when God, the message is very strong for me. And so, as I was praying, listen, as I was praying, I said, God, maybe I shouldn't preach this, let someone preach this to me. Hallelujah. So, we want to take over with revival. So, we want to do signs and wonders amongst the people. Is it just because you are praying and fasting? There are other things that boxes that must be ticked. And this is a master key. What I'm coming to teach you. It's a master key. If you don't take it, God can really use you. And Satan will will have an upper hand in a lot of areas in your life. Pastor, tell us what it is. I'll, I'll tell you. Je- Joseph, 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 Joseph had a, prosper- a brilliant future. There was no way he would have entered that future, even though that's what God planned for him. If God didn't take him through the system to make him pass that test. Let's look at Stephen again. So, Acts chapter 6, verse 8. So, Stephen did, he was full of faith and Power and did mighty things in the people amongst the people. Now watch this. Then there arose certain of the uh, certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the um, Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and of the uh, of them of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. Now watch this. I like that verse ten. That will be your testimony. And 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 they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. That will be your testimony. Watch this. And they summoned men which said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people. See, they actually employed people to lie to say this guy is saying things he hasn't said. To lie on him. So, and they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came, and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. What has he done? Because they couldn't resist his wisdom, now they stirred up lies. And they stirred up a rumor. 
uh, stirred up an uproar against him, arrested him, brought him to the, to the council. Now, if they had been able to resist his wisdom, they would have, this one is spinner. But because they couldn't resist him, they were bent on bringing him down. What has he done? He was just preaching and doing. He was faith, man of faith and power. And the power was showing. They couldn't stand him. People, human beings, human beings are very funny. <laughs> you and I, we are very funny. Human beings. Some of you have said, me, I don't trust anybody again. Yes, that's human beings for you. They rose up against him, brought him to the council, tried to pull him down, and um, they summoned men, verse 12, verse, verse 13, and set up false witnesses, which said, this man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For, for we have heard him say that Jesus, this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy the, this place and shall change the custom which Moses delivered to us. And all that sat in in the council, looking steadily at him, saw his face as it was the face of angel. Watch this. The guy was full of faith and power. But there is something he was full of, which Bible didn't mention, but you find out what he was. That is what gave him the upper hand. And so the council said, look at verse, chapter 7, verse 1. The council said, then said the high priest, are these things so? And he said, man, they began to speak. So the high priest asked him, this thing, is it true? What they are saying about you, is it true? Then he began to, now theologians, and I believe as well, that the whole Old Testament was summarized in Acts chapter 7. So he gave an account of the entire whole Old Testament. Why all these things about church and Jesus, is, he explained everything. And then when he explained it, when he finished, he brought the message to them. <laughs> He said, he said to them, that, that was very serious. The people were cut to their heart. The people, <laughs> the people were cut to their heart. And then watch this, verse uh, for, uh, um, 54. When they heard these things, they were cut. To, but verse 51 said, ye stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You, ye, ye do always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. And they began to address them. And watch verse, verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed their teeth on him. But he full, being full, he wasn't quite too. He homologia, he being full of the Holy Ghost, look up steadfastly in heaven. He said, Oh, I see the glory of God. And, and saw the glory of God. And he said, Standing. And he said, Behold, I see, verse 56, Behold, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then, verse 57, then they cried with their loud voice and stopped their ears and ran to him. And what did they do to him? took him and went and stoned him. Went and stoned him. And look at verse 60. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice. What did he say? What did he say? Do not do what? God, don't charge them. Ah! Would you say that? That's why you can't see the power he's saying. That's why God can't use you the way you think he should. There's something that is blocking and slowing your, your movement into destiny. The sin and the spirit of unforgiveness. 
Unforgiveness. Some of us, I said to the cell leaders last Sunday, some of us, you have people in your basement. Not human life people, actual people, but you've held them captives in your heart. This one, I will never let him go. This one, I will never forgive her. You are the one in prison. Pastor, you can't say that. You, can't. you don't know where this thing is going. You are blocking your access into greatness. Can you imagine in the book of Luke chapter 23 verse 34. Luke 23 34. Jesus of Nazareth on the cross. On the cross. An innocent man. He was more innocent than Stephen. An innocent man. What did he say? Read it out. On the cross. One of the things he said on the cross. Father. Forgive. When they were insulting, I mean, I'm sure he will see some people in the, in the crowd who he healed. Some people who were almost dying, he helped. He will see them laughing at him, crucify him. And yet, they stabbed him on the back. And yes, on the cross, he said, Father, forgive who? Them? This seems to be unnatural. It's unnatural. How can you ask for forgiveness for someone who's hurt you so much that bad? Satan is blocking you from moving on. Brothers and sisters, I submit to you the teaching on total forgiveness. Total forgiveness. If we want to take over with revival, God showed me we are sitting at the brink of revival, but there are a lot of us here who have bitterness and pain and unforgiveness in our hearts. Not because you wanted to keep it, but you've been so hurt, you just can't let go. And some of us, we have made up our mind. God, if it means you striking me, you better strike me, and then, but this one I won't let go. the things that I found out is can be very selfish and at the same time selfless is forgiveness. Forgiveness helps you more than it helps the one you are forgiven. There are people seated here. You are a very genuine person. But there's no way you can forget your ex. What she did to you. What he did to you. When you remember every time, every morning you cry for the past number of years or months, pain in your heart. And guess what? And yet, you are believing God to bless you. Satan has got an access into your life. Why? But it's not my fault. But that is how it works. Because people are funny. Some of you. People you trusted betrayed you so bad. How many of you agree with me that sometimes it's easy to forgive people when they hurt you? But when they hurt people you really love, like your children, they abuse your child. 
The way they hurt your mom and your mom suffered till she died. Because of what this man did. And you are telling me as you let go, you know what you are talking about? I'm not trivializing your pain. Because we all have pain. The older you grow, the more you are likely to bear grudges. Because people will hurt you. Breaks my heart. I was asking, but God, why must it be like that? People will hurt you. You were in, you didn't expect that, but they hurt you. But sometimes we forget that we have also hurt others. Yeah. But Pastor, mine is not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, this is different. This you don't know, this is different. This is different. He destroyed everything I have in life. Yeah. She destroyed everything. All my life has been grounded. And I'm trying to believe God to help me. And I'm telling you, God wants to help you. But if you don't do it his way, you are poisoning the blessing. Let's bring it. Is it possible that this is why some of us, we have prayed and sold and prayed and sold, but something has still held up our miracles? Mm. Is it possible? Joseph was in prison. Why did it take him so long? Pastor, I was thinking about Joseph, and most of it, because I knew about the story of Joseph from childhood. So it's like, like a phrase, number. But think about it. Not your best friends. Not your neighbors, so. <laughs> your own brothers. You grew up with them. You, they were somewhere. You were bringing food to them. Bringing food. You are happy seeing your brothers are bringing your food. They said, there he comes. Their agenda was to kill him. They meant it. They were not joking. They meant it. But someone brought an idea. The Ishmaelites are passing. Why don't we just sell him? Let's sell him and make some money. Get rid of him. And you can see, you can imagine, his own brothers were handing them, handing him over to the slave masters. And then he'll be looking at brother. Oh, <laughs> what you do? oh please. Okay, I, I won't do anything against you. I won't tell, please, just allow, allow me to come. Think about it. That's unfair. That's unfair. That is injustice. And yet, it looks like God didn't do anything. Some of us, one of the things I'm going to share, if time permits me, if I don't, I'll continue next week. You have to learn how to forgive God. And forgive yourself. Some of us have been forgiving ourselves. Because you shouldn't have done that. You made this stupid mistake. And you can't forgive yourself. But they were selling him. And he was saying, please don't do this. Please don't do this to me. Please don't do this. He said, oh, go, go, go. Don't worry. How much? Can you? Okay, okay. You yeah. take, just take the 300. It's okay. Uh, we originally wanted 600. But this one, take him already. <laughs> oh! His own brothers. Let my neighbors do that to me. Let my neighbors do that to me. Not my brothers. Hallelujah. Most of us have been hurt. 
But the way forward, you have to receive help from God to give up. Hallelujah. Amen. It has to be hurt. We cannot trivialize it. But you can't go to where you have to go if you carry that bitterness, that pain. Some of us think we have forgiven, but actually we haven't. We have just shelved it, but we haven't. And I know you hurt. And you, I was reading my Bible, Bible, I saw it. God said, vengeance is mine. I didn't understand it, but I know what he meant. Sometimes we cry for vengeance. Because we feel this was not right. Hallelujah. I want to talk to somebody. We want to take over a revival. That pain in your heart. That bitterness. That unforgiveness. That grudge. Doctors have, med, med, medical health has proven yeah. that there are a lot of sicknesses yeah. that, are based, that are because of grudges. Yeah. Some of you are taking all kinds of medication, but the thing that is causing the sickness, you are still harboring it. Yeah. You bear, you still bear grudges against that your ex-boyfriend who broke you and went for your, girl, your, your best friend. Hallelujah. There are, there are sickness, kidney, medical, medical science has proven that it affects your kidneys. Yeah. Grudge. Mm. It affects your blood pressure. Mm. Arthritis. Yeah. My pastor, I just can't forgive you. You have to make a choice. Because two things, the thing is pulling you down. Right. And then secondly, it's not that God is unfair to help you, but where he wants to take you, he doesn't want revenge to be in you. Because you can't. He says on the cross, he said, Lord, forgive them. That, there's no way his assignment would have been fulfilled. He said, Lord, forgive them. How? Stephen, the reason why he was full of power was this man had a, a spirit of forgiveness. They were stoning him. There's so many people to come and lie on him. Testify falsely against him. I know most of you here have been hurt. And you are not ready to let go. But please, let go and release yourself into destiny. You have to. You have to. I know it's hard. Stop thinking about how hard it is and think about how harder it is for you to rise in life without that. A great man of God, somebody abused his. Actually, this message has been taught and preached by a man called R.T. Kendall. There's a book, you can look for it on Amazon, called Total Forgiveness. I'm just teaching from that book. He said there was a time, he was Westminster Chapel was ready to go and preach. And as the service was going on, just before he saw someone in the congregation who had abused his child and damaged the child. And we were, the next thing is, what is this guy doing here? Pain and anger. 
And so when he read, he read the scriptures, there's only one thing on his mind. That person shouldn't be here. Some of us are in church. You see somebody else and you know this person shouldn't be here. But what he did to me. You can see people coming to the altar, give their life to Christ. And say, I'm happy he's getting born again, but this one must pay for it. And Artie Kendall said, throughout the service, he couldn't, he was not okay. He preached, he finished preaching, but he says, oh, no, okay, that guy shouldn't be here. The pain. And God asked him, why don't you release him? He said, God, no. And God said, I thought you said you wanted revival. He said, yes, I do. He said, so now you can choose revival or me punishing him. Which one do you want? Most of us won't go to use us, but we know you're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. Because people owe you apologies. And you have them in your heart. You have imprisoned them in your uh, cellar, basement. They are there. Nobody knows. I want to talk about so, what actually is total forgiveness? And then, how do you forgive totally? Is it to hear that? Number one, what is total forgiveness? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, before, um, no, sorry, before I do that, let me tell you what total forgiveness is not. Total forgiveness is not approval of what has been done. When you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean I approve what the person has done. Are you getting it? So total forgiveness is not. Jesus said, I also do not condemn you, but go and sin no more. I forgive you, but it doesn't mean that thing, adultery that brought you before me in John chapter 8, verse 11. He said, I also do not condemn you, but go and sin no more. Total forgiveness is not excusing what has been done. Saying that, oh, it, it, it's, 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 it's fine, let's allow it. No. The fact that you forgive somebody doesn't mean you are saying that what was done, you are excusing it. Total forgiveness is not, there's a difference between justifying and excusing. It's not justifying. It's, it's not now all of us are saying that it's okay. Just to justify something means to, make, to, to declare it as right. It's okay. It's, it's just. It's right. It's proper. No. So the fact that you say, I have forgiven somebody, does not mean what they did, you are saying it is right. Do you understand that? Number four, total forgiveness. Okay, number one is, no, uh, uh, you are not approving of what has been done. Number two is not excusing it. Number three is not justifying it. Okay. All right, so it's not excusing it. Very similar. You can just write it in here. We'll, we'll pick it up in K group. No excusing it. Number, number four, it's not pardoning. Okay, I'll explain what a pardon is. When you pardon somebody, it means that you have released that offender from the consequences of the, the sin or the, uh, of the offense. So when you say, I forgive you, it doesn't mean that the consequences that are likely to come, you have canceled, you have released the person from it. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
So what people, the Bible says, a man shall reap what he sows. So when you totally forgive somebody, it doesn't mean you are pardoning them, release them of their consequences. The consequences may still come anyway, but you don't have anything to do with it. Are you getting it? Total forgiveness is not reconciliation. That's a big one. Let's all say reconciliation. Or oh, some of you, I realize you are not able to say it. You wait till I, I teach you how to walk in total forgiveness. Total forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation is where two people have fallen, um, have fallen out of friendship and you bring them back into relationship. Right? So total forgiveness, sometimes the relationship may not be the same, but maybe the person is even dead. So there can be reconciliation. But you are forgiving the person. So total forgiveness is not about reconciliation. We used to be best of friends, and now I'm, I forgive you so we can be best of friends. No, not necessarily so. Not necessarily so. That dog who, bit, who ate the eyes of your baby, you forgiving the dog and you come back home. No. <laughs> so it's not reconciliation. Total for, number six, total forgiveness is not denial. You are not, some people live in denial. Oh, no, it didn't happen. Nothing has really happened. It's okay. He didn't really do it. No, no, no. You are not denying that the thing happened. So when we, when, you are forgiving somebody totally. You are not saying that he didn't do that again. He didn't say that again. You are not denying that that action or what was said was not said. That is not denial. There are too many people who in the name of forgiveness walk in denial. Walk in denial as though, oh, it didn't happen. Oh, it doesn't matter. You are denying you because you want to face reality. Like a mother who has been told that your, your, your son has become an arm robber. You saw him with the stab. I said, no, no, it's not. It's not. My son is not. Well, I mean, which is the normal maternal instinct. It's not denial. And number one, it's not willful blindness. Willfully just turn a blind eye on what's going on. Because I'm trying to forgive. Do you understand that? Am I communicating to somebody? Let's rush to because I have to show you how to. I really want to end on that. Um, number eight. Uh-huh, this one, a lot of you will like it. Total forgiveness doesn't mean forget. That forgive and forget, throw it out, doesn't work. It doesn't work. There are some things you just can't forget. Are you not an intelligent being? So suddenly, are you, are you suffering from... Chronic amnesia, so I've forgotten everything that happened. I don't know. No, every day when you wake up, you can see it. I mean, that scar is still on your leg. And because of that, you can't wear a skirt. Every time you look at your leg, you remember. And they said, forgive and forget. How can you forget? The human mind is more powerful than a computer. Some of you, you can remember what she was wearing or what he was wearing, what he was standing, how he, the, 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 the opening the mouth, how he said it. 
you can remember even though it's 20 years ago you remember you were standing under that tree you were sitting in that on that path you remember you remember when they were selling you to the Ishmaelites you remember how um, um, Reuben said gotcha gotcha you remember that gotcha that's the only one you remember and now they've come to Pharaoh's house you've gotten them God, guess what? Potiphar's wife. Did you ever hear anything Joseph commented on Potiphar, Potiphar and the wife? Even though he was accused falsely and imprisoned, Joseph never, it would, he wouldn't have risen up. Even when he interpreted the dream from the battler, he forgot about him, but Joseph, you never saw in the Bible. And when his brothers came here, they were afraid that now this guy, he should the first reaction is, I told you. I told you. He told them, they were afraid. He said, please, come. Come near me. Um, Genesis 45 from verse 1 to 15. Come, please come near me. Come. Come. He told them when his father died, 17 years later, they saw him 22 years later, they met him. He said, I've forgiven you. He said, don't worry. 17 years later, when their father died, they said, because dad was around, that's why I forgave. So 39 years later, they knew the guy is going to bring it up again. And because of their thoughts, thinking Joseph was going to bring it up again, the Bible said Joseph wept. He cried. Why? Why? You meant, you guys meant it for evil. But God meant it for good, to save lives. Sister, you have to let him go. Forgive him. Brother, forgive him. Forgive them. Pastor, at least Jesus said they didn't know what they're doing, but this one, he knows. He, he knows what he's doing. He knew. Pastor Robert Ampiakofi, my spiritual father, made a statement when he came to preach in Kari some time ago. That statement hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, wow, I've never heard that before. He said, in marriage, you, you come together. You come together in marriage <laughs> with my love. Love brings you together, but forgiveness keeps you together. Love brings you together in marriage, but forgiveness is what will keep you together. Many divorces and bitterness in marriages, you can tell, it's unforgiveness. What she did against me, what he did against me. Your marriage can even survive an adultery. If you can have forgiveness. And you don't suffer. God then can bless you. The blessing of total forgiveness. You can't go back to the past to change it. I'll show you something. So, as for that, forgive and forget. Uh, you won't forget it. Pastor, I wish, I wish, every time, some of you, anytime you, you remember, tears begin to flow back on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. What they did against me, you can't let go. Not that you don't, you don't want to let go, you just, they've damaged you, Pastor. That's why, haven't you noticed people killing somebody, a woman takes a gun, kill the husband and says, now take me to prison, whatever. I don't care. 
or a man kills the wife, say, take me to, and the children, kill them, kill them, take me to prison. That's what bitterness can do. And yet, they don't care because I have been able to have my go at them. So now, I'm, even if you execute me, no problem. At least before I died, I make sure they will die first. I'm talking to somebody. Do you know why? God instructed this message on my heart because we are about to take off. But, but you are too heavy. It's like a collection of lead, a lot of lead in your system. You cannot float. You're wondering why I've done everything. If you, before you tell me, Pastor, I've done everything, I don't know why. Because see, most of us too think we have forgiven. Oh, especially the religious one. We have once, we have a way of, you know. So I found out what true forgiveness is. I, I, could, I, could, I could make statements freely like, hey, I even said it recently. Listen, if you, you can, for, I forgive you in advance for everything you do. I forgive you. Yeah, I meant it, but I didn't know what I was talking about. You don't know what the next person is about to do. You know, there are some things you can say I forgive, but other things, this one, ah, this one, what this person did to me? You could do that to me? How? After all I've done for you? How? And your heart is in pain and agony. He said, Lord, I forgive them. But in your heart, you are waiting till you see them being dragged on the street like uh, Gaddafi. I know you've been hurt. I know you've been hurt. If you haven't been, you are just very young. (laughs) I know you've been hurt. Why? Because people hurt people. People. Because we trust somebody thinking that they will be there. I, I'm here to see. I've, I've been standing here. You, are, you can't see behind you. But I've been standing here. I've not seen anyone with a halo. <laughs> and none of... Uh, uh, look, there's nobody with a halo on your head. We are all offenders. <laughs> we are all. But pastor, I will never do what they need. I will never do what they did. So, what point am I on? Number eight is forgetting. Number nine is. Uh, number nine is forgive. Total forgiveness is not talking. It's not about refusing to take the wrong they have done seriously. Uh, I'll trivialize it. No, it's not. It's not about that. So it's not refusing to take the wrong seriously. Number ten is, it's not pretending we are not hurt. Pretend I'm not going to be hurt. Me, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine, I'm fine. No, me, I'm fine. You are lying. You are lying. You are hurt. You are hurt. You've polished your face, looking very nice, smiling, but you are a big rolling ball of offense. Hurt. Hurt. How many of you know that in the United Kingdom, there are a lot of people very hurt? Very hurt and wounded. Wounded by friends. By family members, 
by parents, by spiritual authorities. Somebody you thought should have known better. He's a spiritual man. He should have done it. I thought if anyone would have done that, not this one, should he have done this? How you? How could he have done this to my children? How could he have done it? You, I trusted you. How? And you hurt. In London, you are hurting. Many people are offended because of the relationships and the romance that we sold to people from very young age. That romance is all. When you expose yourself to romance prematurely, you'll be hurt. Especially if you're a woman. Especially if you're a woman, you'll be hurt. Because boys are not looking for what you are offering. But they, they, they don't know. They themselves, they, they said, I'll do anything for you. I'll do anything. Till they finish getting you. They'll just dump you like disposable plates. And then when they go laugh at you, and when they see someone be interested in you, they go and bad mouth you to them. This one, ah, ah, ah. People you told your secrets, you never spoke to anybody about. You told them your secret and they went to broadcast it. They went and broadcast it. Oh, you heard it. Your heart was hurt. You were betrayed. Brutus, Brutus. Brutus has betrayed you. And yet, you are standing here today telling me, I should forgive. Do you know what it means? Do you know? I, I, honestly, I don't know what you're going through. But there's a way out. The truth is, you can't do it by yourself, you need the Holy Spirit. Um, I, instead of going to what is total forgiveness, let me go to how to, how do we know, what is total forgiveness, we'll, we'll take it in K group. Let me, because I want to finish now, so. How do we know we have totally forgiven? How do we work in total forgiveness? How do you know you have totally forgiven? Seven points. Are you ready for that one? Um, I think it would be good to read a scripture in Genesis. Genesis chapter 45. Please, quickly, let's go to Genesis chapter 45. Is someone getting something? Yeah. Found out the way forward yeah. is to release people. Some of us are waiting for an apology before. Right. Hey, let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. <laughs> it may never come. Have you noticed that it's easier to forgive when they, they admit they are wrong and apologize profusely? It's then easier. But when, when we close, listen, when we close, don't go to somebody and tell the person, I've forgiven you. Do you know what? They will ask you, for what? You will tell them, but you know it. They'll say, <laughs> He said, don't pretend like you don't know. You know it. He said, what, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're Then he rather tears into a fight. <laughs> Husbands and wives. Yeah. Listen, listen.
your marriage can survive. Hey, your marriage can survive. Oh. Your, now some of you, have you noticed why you are not yet married? Because you are not, you are not ready to forgive. That's why God has been waiting for you to get this. So that he can release you into your glory. He can release it into your future. He can release you into laughter. Your marriage can survive. Ladies, some of us have been forgotten what the man did. And every day, you see, you did this every day. And it has poisoned your affection, your relationship permanently. You smile, but you don't mean it. Because of the children or society image, you are hanging around. But this one, if you had your way, you would have put poison in the food. If you had your way, I'm telling you. He was eating. He choked. You see the way you said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord has fought my battles for me. Can we just put your finger in Genesis because of that? Put your finger and look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. The person is in hospital. You are going to visit them with food. But you are very happy they are there. You are giving them the food, but you are saying that next time. Thank God. Thank God. And then when you come to church, they say, Freedom. Freedom. Some of you, some of us are waiting for the next bad news about them. You are waiting. You may wait for a very long time. You may wait for a very long time. God says, vengeance is, you know, he owns it. He said, it's mine. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. He said, vengeance is mine. It's mine. Leave it for me. Don't take it into your hands. Leave it for me. Vengeance is mine. You're a Christian. Say, God, I love you. This afternoon, we are going to sing, all to Jesus I surrender. No, I don't know everybody is ready for this. Mm. Mm. Some people are not really ready. That's why I said this message is going to be a hard one. Because you know what? It's coming right to your doorsteps. And it's coming to place a demand on you. A demand that may look unfair. Because for so long you haven't been able to shelve it. Just to go on with your Christian life. But you are waiting for that day. Where you venge or revenge. Ephesians chapter, we're looking for revival. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Look at what he says. He said, and grieve not the whole. Did you see that? Am I right? What does he say? Read it aloud. Read it. Some of you can read it. He said, and grieve not. The Holy Spirit of God. Now watch this. And he said, the Holy Spirit is the one who has sealed you for the day of, for the day of your glory. See? And then when he said, grieve not the Holy Spirit, look at the next verse. Let all bitterness. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? Most of us have never picked that on it. 
You want to join? Holy, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You, want, you are so spiritual. You want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But every time you remember that thing. But you leave it because you just want to want this one. He said, it grieves the Holy Spirit. He can use you the way he wants. Stephen, the secret. Stephen was full of power, faith. He was doing so much. We could see it. When he was dying, he said, ah, don't lay this to their charge. What do you mean? At least you said some of them, but <laughs> you can say, Lord, some of these other ones don't lay, but this one. Because he saw heaven open. He saw heaven. He saw the son of man standing. Bible said he went and sat down. He was the only one who saw him standing. He's the only one. Jesus is seated. After resurrection, he went and sat down. But Stephen, he stood up for Stephen. Gave him a standing ovation. And yet, the guy was dying. And what's the, the verse 31 says what? Let all bitterness what? And wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking. Be put out. Look at verse 32. Look at verse 32. Forgive one another. Is it there? How? How should you forgive? Even as God. For Christ's sake has forgiven you. You want to walk with the Holy Spirit? He said, do this. This do. You have to be loaded with mercy. They, they were in the wrong, but let them off. Yeah. You want to see the move of God? You want to see the bless, the pure blessing of God? Listen, God can bless you. Pastor, mm. Joseph was in prison. Mm. And yet God brought him straight from prison to private. The, the, the king said, Immediately, you are going to be the prime minister. Wow. He was so happy with it. He said, anything you want, anything. He said, anything in Egypt. If this guy doesn't say, no one does it. Wow. Whatever he says. From a, at least a prisoner and a foreigner. Because he passed the test. He knew he wasn't there. Because if God has taken him earlier, he would have gotten, look, he was a lookout for his brothers. He would, have, he would have traveled back to Israel, Canaan. He would have traveled. <laughs> we, we, we've hired assassins. Somebody say, Lord have mercy. I know it's hard, but it has to be done for your own health and safety. Because I've been praying for people for healing, for miracles. And God has showed me, some, some people, their, heal, their sickness is because of someone they have in their Maybe the person is dead, but you still have in their hearts. Right. Yeah? What your dad did, you have vowed you will never forgive him. You have vowed you will never forgive her. You have vowed with your life. Some of you know what I'm talking about. What your ex did, you have vowed that this enjoyment that is coming, he will never get some. <laughs> Can you imagine? He left, he left these children seven on them when they were babies. Seven babies. 
and insulted you, said all kinds of, couldn't be bothered. You struggled for 20 years, 25 years. Raise them alone. You were, you were doing anything, selling anything. You suffered. You did something, you couldn't even eat. You have to find something for them. You suffered now. They have gotten their food. He's coming. He said, oh, these are my babies. Your what is? Your what is? Mom, mom, don't transfer your poison. Don't pass it on. Don't pass it on to the boy. Don't pass it on to the girl. He needs his mom. He needs his dad. She needs his mom. Her mom. She needs her dad. Dad, don't transfer your bitterness to that little girl. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. There is, there is help in the room. Amen. The Holy Spirit is here. Yes, he is. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis 45, and now end. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried. Cause every, he, he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. When his brother, he, didn't, he knew them, but they didn't know him. He, he, he recognized them. They couldn't recognize him, because the gas become so big. And watch this. What he did, the first thing he did was, everybody go out, including the interpreter, because he speaks Egyptian. These guys are Jews, uh, uh, Hebrews. So go out, everybody go out. The interpreter said, okay. They say, and then he said, yeah. He said, you two, go. Then he was wondering, but what are, how are you going to communicate to them? Then when they went, he communicated to them in Hebrew. He says, I am Joseph. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians heard him. Verse 3 said, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said to his brethren, Come near me. Come. Come. Don't, don't go. Come. Don't be afraid of me. Come. I won't do anything to you. Come. Come near me. <laughs> Come near me. I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, who you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me, for God did sent me before you to preserve life. Does it make sense why, how, why God raised the guy so high? He's lifting his, his rise. God was behind it. You want God to be behind your lifting? I see lifting coming. Amen. 
But let your amen be translated into releasing somebody from prison. Total forgiveness. How do you do it? Number one. Quickly. Look at this. You will like this. Do not let anyone. This is total forgiveness. Number one. How do you forgive totally? Do not let anyone know. <laughs> see, you go tell everybody. See, you know what you did? I'm forgiving him. You haven't forgiven. You haven't forgiven. Do not go tell others. But I've spoken to everybody about you. Okay, it's okay. But pastor, it's therapeutic to talk. Then look for a spiritual leader who you can trust, who will not even repeat it. At least one. Talk to God first and talk to somebody. Open up. This is what happened. That's the only thing. Someone who you can trust will not also repeat it. Don't tell anybody. It just have said you everybody go. He didn't want anyone to know. Everybody know. After church, you are going to tell, you know what he did? But me, I'm forgiving him. <laughs> you are religious. You haven't forgiven. It's not, it's not true forgiveness. It's just a religious cliche. What he did? Hmm. I'm forgiving him. Number two, are you interested in this? Number two, do, do not allow them to be afraid of you or intimidated by you. You know how sometimes they have offended you when they see you, you know that, yes. You know they know you are here. You know they know you are here. Look at this, he can't come here now. He's afraid. He's afraid. I'm forgiving him, but he's, he's struggling to come now, you see? <laughs> What did Joseph tell them? He said, come, come close to me. Come close to me. In other words, don't let them be the one who offended you or who hurt you. Don't let them be afraid of you. Don't, don't let them be intimidated by your presence. Number three. Somebody say total forgiveness. If you have totally forgiven a person, you will not make them feel guilty. You will not make them feel guilty for what they did or what they said. Wow. I thought it was going to be a hard message. Some of us say, oh, me, I, I want to work in forgiveness. This is how to work in total forgiveness. Because the thing cast so deep that you don't know how you can let this person go. You, you, I don't tell you, I shouldn't tell anybody. Hey, what this person did against me? Me, I'm forgiving him. Yes. It's only God who can deal with this person. <laughs> and insinuations, insinuations. People must know that this person did this against you. You make them be afraid of you. Number three. Yeah, number three is don't make them guilty. So if you are totally forgiven, you will not make them crazy. Number four, if you're totally forgiven, you will not expose them. Because you have some secrets. You know something about them. <laughs> you will not expose them. Because if God were to expose you, He will bring a big giant screen here. No, no, listen, listen. You know, you know, you know. One, I heard a man of God say this. Some people were saying negative things about him. He went to God. He was God. Look at what this boy say about me. I, I've not done anything. He said, God told him 
that thank God what they are saying. The truth is worse than what they are saying. The, the things I know, God, the things I know about you, which you know, they don't have a clue. So don't worry. You want God to expose you the way you are busy trying to expose somebody. Busy trying to expose because what they did to me, I will let everybody know. You in this London, you everybody will know about you. Everybody who knows you knows about them, how wicked they have been to you. So, do, do not expose them. That means that uh, when you have totally forgiven, you will not expose them. So you will let them save their face. You let them at least. You, you know how when someone has hurt you and you hear somebody praising them, it upsets you. You think this person is that nice? You, you wait. You, that's, that's the, you don't want any praise to come from anywhere about this person. Call what they have done. Please leave it. Let them save their face. Don't expose them. Let the praises go on for them. The last one is a stronger one. The book, the title is Total Forgiveness. R.T. Kendall. Go and look for it. Everything is from the book. Everything is from the book. Because I'm teaching it because God showed me the next phase of the revival cannot happen. With the level of pain, bitterness, unforgiveness in people's hearts sitting here. That's what it means. And then, number what? Five. You will protect them from their greatest fear. Their greatest fear is that maybe they will fail this exam. Is that maybe somebody will know about the thing. Or maybe. <laughs> you found out later that, hey, a certain pastor, I know a certain pastor, he will always be saying, oh, this guy, this guy the information I have about him. It's like he tried, his Bible is the information about people. Every time I have this person's information, I have the information about this one, I have this about this one. You don't know what I know about these people. You don't know about it. Please drop it. It's, it's pediatric Christianity. Drop it. What does it add to you knowing about people? Knowing negative thing about what does it add Christian? What does it add to you? And you are busy like a journalist. Unless you know here, hey, have you heard what has happened? Hey, really? I'm coming. Wait for me, I'm coming. You need everything. You were going to pray. You stopped the prayer. You want to go and hear. What again have you heard about him? What have you heard about her? What have you? We love it. We love it. Some of us would have been okay, but for some unhealthy information that you had, now you can't recover. And it's pulling you down. You can't recover. You had an information about your father that he's got another child your same age. Suddenly you stop feeding him. Meanwhile, that was what was bringing the blessing. So what my mom has been saying has always been through. This man, I don't want to see his face again. I'm hurt. So I have another brother. How many? The, the, the next thing is, I don't even know how many there will be that I don't even know about now. So now I begin to go wild. I know I'm preaching to somebody. You see, 
It's affecting your marriage. It's affecting every relationship you find yourself in. It's affecting every relationship you find yourself in. Every relationship. So some people, young, there are people here, they have resigned. Me, it doesn't matter. Any man who comes into my life, I am with him for what I'll get. My mind is blocked because of what the three things, those three other guys did to me. I never trust anybody. And so because of that, there's no healthy relationship you, you get. You, no relationship of yours is healthy because everyone is a mafia. Two mafias in a relationship. <laughs> hey, okay, uh, okay, it's you. You were with the guy. You intentionally pull, thinking he's wearing mask. You are pulling. He said, oh, what, are, what are you doing to me? He said, oh, I just, uh, no worry, no problem, I'll just check. You treat everybody like a suspect because of your pain and the load of unhealthy information that has entered your system. One of the things I have determined not to be doing is to entertain negative things about men of God. If he's a man of God, God will fix him. God will deal with him. I don't want to know. Me, I want to receive. If I know he carries grace, I just want to. Don't, I don't. But you have to know. You have to know. I don't want to know. I never called him. You dare not come and tell me, have you heard what they say about you? I don't need to know. For information, there's nothing negative. I don't need, because the man's life has been, hey, look at the ladies standing here and say, Caris has changed my life. Caris has changed my life. If you don't take care, you expose yourself to some people and say, hey, Caris is full of hypocrites. Caris is full of, hey, by the time you are alive, you, the same person says, Caris has changed my life. <laughs> now, man, I, I, I can't go there. I can't go there. I can't go there. Can go. So what happened to your change life? It doesn't matter. That's in the past. Now I can't go. But what about other changes coming? I don't want it anymore. <laughs> Sister, brother, receive grace to let him go. Amen. But they may, pastor, they won't pay for what they have done. They may never have to pay. See this. See this. The point number six. This is the the last two are the strongest. Very strong. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Sit tight. Sit tight. Buckle up. A point number. Buckle up. Now, point number six. Point number six. It is a lifetime sentence. Right. I'll explain it. Every day you have to keep forgiving them. Because the pain may stay. You may keep remembering. And it's like some medication. They tell you every day you have to take it for the rest of your life. It's a lifetime thing. So don't think that I forgave them today in church because I was crying and rolling. <laughs> And it's gone. The next time, if the pain and the, will even rise up stronger. So every day you have to practice it. God, this, listen, forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a decision. That is, this, is, this is Christianity. This is Christianity. It's not churchianity. It's not Christianism. It's Christianity. You want to be a pure Christian to see the hand of God on your life? Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Every day, take this pill. God, it hurts. But guess what? As you do it, you realize that it doesn't hurt that bad anymore. It doesn't hurt that bad anymore. You, be, you get to a place where God has healed you so much that you, is that, how, how did it happen? It's called the power of the Holy Ghost. Because Christianity is power. 
But most of us haven't seen the power because we have we are accommodating things, keeping things. The last one, true forgiveness. Are you ready for this? The pastor who was telling his story, he said when he saw the person in the congregation and God said, you want revival? He said, I want revival. You know what God told him? God said, pray for him. Pray for him? All right, I pray for him. He said, no, 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 don't let that. Yeah, I pray for him. No, 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 no. Pray that I'll bless him. He said, I. Pray that God will bless him. No, 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 no. He said, okay, God bless him. God said, are you sure? He said, God bless him. Bless him. God said, are you, do you mean the prayer? Um, I want revival. So, yeah, okay, I mean it. God said, I will bless him all. He said, after that day, the guy started prospering more. <laughs> Brothers, wow. when you are a pastor in London, not any, anywhere, but particularly in London, people will hurt you so bad. You always remember them. Wow. <laughs> you always remember them. And especially if you are anointed and God is using for miracles, the next thing you know is that something bad will befall them. You know it's going to happen. And you are waiting. You don't want it. It will happen. Romans chapter 12. And he said, bless and do not curse. Bless and do not curse. I said, no, this guy is a wicked man. If he tries it, I will... (laughs) In the name of Jesus. But when you hear what people are saying about you, sometimes it hurts. It really hurts, you know. Then I read my Bible, but God said, bless and do not curse. What did you say? Bless and do not curse. Like you need a big eraser to erase that picture. You know, I don't look like I've been hurt because I don't carry. You see, my advantage was I find it very easy to forgive people. So I thought I have totally forgiven. I find it very easy to forgive people. Mm, I just, and I don't have buttons. I'm lighthearted. But I still didn't just, it didn't excuse me from the actual practice of total forgiveness. The last acid is pray that God bless him. God. That means you are, that, that's the sign that you have totally forgiven them. But until then, you haven't forgiven. Stop being religious and say, hey, me, I've never, uh, you know what? They did it by forgiving them. No, you haven't. Don't tell anybody and pray genuinely, God bless them. Let their business do well, even though they suck me. Let their business. <laughs> Should I forgive only Christians? No. Anybody who is in your basement, you have put them in your basement because you owe grudges against them. You, you have grudges against them. You, you are very upset with them. It's there. Some of us, 20 years offense is still there. 15 years, 5 years. You've been born again, but still, the thing is there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. It's a, a serious Hebrews. What does it say? Looking diligently, uh-huh. any man fail of the grace of God. You fail of the grace of God if you, don't care, if you are not careful. Lest any root of bitterness. Any root of bitterness springing up. Trouble you. It will trouble you. And thereby. You fail. The grace will fail. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. But why is it not working? 
People are sharing their testimony. What, what how about yours? That testimony you share is not complete because you are supposed to go higher, but bitterness has kept you down. Because the blessing came heavily. But bitterness, unforgiveness blocked it without you realizing it. Not intentionally, but you have been so hurt. Please bow your head. Joshua, play out to Jesus as surrender. Someone needs to let go. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. You are going to pray that God, I forgive totally. God, I forgive totally. Lord, I forgive totally. I let him go. It's hard, but I receive healing. I receive. There are, there are people here who want to say, Pastor, pray with me. Today I'm making a decision to let her go, to let him go. I won't hold grudges against them. It's hard. But I'm receiving, it's a decision. And every day I'm going to live with the consequences. I want to do it. And the test is, if you want to do it, you're going to pray for them today. The Lord bless you. Lord bless you. You are here, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to let go. If you are not saved, you are not safe. Because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, Yes, Lord. Pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.